Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Katie, and welcome to 360 View. This is where we explore a broad range of ideas on all things affecting your body, your wellness, and your mind. And welcome back, viewers, to 360, where today we're going to delve into a bit of training stuff and working on injuries, how to train or train around having injuries, whether you're looking to either step back, have a go on some of your technique stuff, some causes that can end up coming into why you've got injuries and things that we've seen that help people working around them so they still can get into the gym and keep moving along either down that road of progressions, whether they're working on technique or whether you start working on some sort of other goal. So how have you been, Katie? Um, I've been really well. How have you been? Yeah, good, thank you. Keeping busy, which is always a good thing. Always a good thing. Always a good thing. So... um. First thing is probably trying to work out where you are as far as whether it's a niggle, discomfort, or a, a full-on injury. Because they are very different things, whether we're talking about the three. Yeah. Um, and it's how to – sometimes the hardest thing is, especially if you haven't been training for a very long period of time or you haven't actually really been injured before, is knowing what the difference is between your injury, discomfort, and a niggle and where they play on the spectrum so sometimes we can see uh people with doms as well yeah they end up feeling that they've got an injury or something's going on it's really just delayed muscle soreness and we can train Mm -hmm. we can train a bit smarter we can just keep moving and do that so it's sort of trying to work out for some newer people that haven't like you said been injured or had some sort of uh thing they have to work around that they can't or they're avoiding some sort of movements some ranges give them discomfort when they're doing stuff so it's sort of trying to work around understand what's going on with those yeah and then where that either injury niggle or discomfort actually comes from whether it comes from a your training something that you've done in training whether it's an rsi thing from work so your repetitive strain whether it's you slept funny whether it's you've just had a bit more stress on your plate so you get more tension in your shoulders then you might get a neck something going on it doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something catastrophically wrong to be injured But what we generally find is that your discomfort, if we go through all of them Mm. and we describe all of them and go through which it is, discomfort is normally the one where you're just uncomfortable getting into a range. So think about putting your arms directly over your head into like that strict press or whether you're squatting and getting into that bottom of the squat is just a little bit uncomfortable. And normally that might just be because something's tight, tight back, shoulders, hips, ankles, quads, Mm. front of legs back of legs it's um it's it's something that yeah if you're getting into that range or doing that movement it's just when you hit a certain spot whether it sometimes also can be loaded or unloaded Mm. so whether you're doing it under your own body weight or whether you've actually got an external load on you sometimes maybe when you're actually getting into the bottom of a squat and finding that you feel a pinch at the front of your hip only when you're loaded Obviously, that's just a little bit more of a discomfort when it's doing it. Sometimes it can be more about a mobility issue or a um, mm. uh, making sure you can get that range in that joint and some yeah. sort of tightness in there. So that can sometimes be a discomfort. Uh, or a, a full-on injury is completely avoiding every movement that you can with that or using that that limb or that part of your body. Uh, biggest discomfort that we've seen of injuries is backs. Massive. A massive back injury and and really affects people's quality of life and they tend to recur yeah 
if you, if you haven't taken the time to rehab it and look after it at the beginning, sometimes taking that little bit of extra time when you think it feels ready to go is just giving it another week or so just to give it that bit more time is sometimes better that will leave you in the long run because a lot of the times we're talking about stuff over a lifetime yeah. whereas people are very much here and now so we end up seeing mm. people trying to get back into the gym really quick think it's great well just i'll just come in and i'll move it oh no i no don't worry about modifying for me uh, i can do it i'm okay and then all of a sudden halfway through that session they've injured it again mm. and then they're stepped back to the, very to the beginning again yeah it's really something that we've seen is really mentally bad. that's frustrating once you're injured you're out of the game Exactly. In your head, it's like you're gone. Hmm. You're gone. And to constantly be stepping back every time, you then create so much fear around the movement that you injured yourself doing. Oh, yeah. And you're concentrating that mind-muscle mm. connection. And there's a lot of books out there about that pain relationship yes. for it, that there's actually no injury with the the uh, the limb or yeah. with the area. It's just that those nervous systems are so heightened to that that you're ready and waiting for it to happen and you yeah. know that it's and as soon as something even feels like it's there bam you think it's in all you feel that so it's that mind muscle thing so it's trying to get that out and get comfortable with that stuff again mm. or you have that pain just from going through the movement because your mind thinks that there should be pain associated with the movement because you've had it for so long it's just linked so what would you consider the time frame for people mm. to really be uh, thinking about if they've got a niggle and it's been discomfort and it's potentially sort of in between there is how long should they think that that's just a niggle and just a bit of discomfort before they actually start thinking about it being an injury as far as you know time frames generally we say a maximum of three weeks that you're dealing with something with no improvement for just under your own own, under your own steam yeah so whether that's you just looking after Mm -hmm. it for yeah Yeah, so with you just looking after it yourself um, not really modifying anything not probably communicating with anyone not communicating with anyone that that's feeling a little bit funky if you're doing your general day-to-day everything's you're still training as per normal about three weeks is the maximum that you should leave that um because if anything is going to be related to something tiny it's generally going to resolve itself with general mobility general movement bit of rest um, little bit of rest within three weeks anything over that you probably need to start getting some external help so looking into that so that then it doesn't worsen because what we have to think about if you have a niggle in some area of your body and you continue training as per normal with no rest and potentially the niggle worsens or even if it doesn't you're then going to get compensation patterns that come from that so if you have like you said before a pinch in your right hip you're generally going to shift your weight over to that left hand side yeah not only now are we training a hip shift in your squat which is then going to be a very hard pattern to get out of we're also putting more pressure onto that left knee, onto that left ankle, and you'll generally find that you're going to get some other form of pain on the left-hand side of your body because your right-hand side has a niggle or a little bit of a discomfort and you keep transferring that load without working too much on it. And, and that's just subconscious. You yeah. won't even think about it. It's, it's purely you that you know that if there's – because you know you're avoiding it. Your body's yeah. very good at compensating and moving things to take other loads uh, mm-hmm. for that. Uh, so it's sort of shifting that away without you even knowing about it. Hence, then when we go back and we're trying to actually find out what's going on, if you sort of half rehab it a little bit yourself and just sort of avoid that, is that when those motor patterns are still there, it then starts to cause, like you said, other injuries or other areas that are compensating. And then we're trying to overcome those back again in our mm-hmm. training. So it's sometimes then that you've end up finding an issue you didn't have previously 
all of a sudden because you've compensated and good stuff's happening, you've got it again now. And you've got something then, else. Yeah, then that's when that creates, when you ignore the first niggle and you think it's okay and you let it go on for more than two, three weeks and you let it continue and keep training as per normal, then what that creates is when you feel like your body's continually breaking and you feel like I just can't catch a break. It feels like everything's broken. First my knee goes, then my other hip and then my elbow and you get all of this discomfort and these niggles all over your body. Yeah, and it just gets heightened. Areas that you feel that weren't so bad probably start to get a bit more heightened because your nervous system and everything's sort of excited as far as that mm. uh, flight or fight mode. You're sort of trying to get that really uh, compensatory motions. So you're yeah. finding that a lot of them are jumping up and they're, they're now not just a little murmur. Your body's just not murmuring to you. It's now yelling at you to say you really need to do something and with it. And it's going to start screaming soon if you don't pay attention. Totally. And um, we do definitely see it as it gets further and further and you try and suppress it. Mm-hmm. It really gets worse and worse and worse. And you'll find that then something else will either happen or you'll trig yeah. something else um, in those injuries. So then if we steer here to then the leading causes of these niggles so that you know, A, how to avoid them before we go how to fix them if we go in how to avoid them to start off with if you don't currently have anything going on with your body what do you find is the biggest cause of people getting this discomfort niggles and then even full-blown injuries eventually usually we end up seeing is people they just they're increasing the volume in what they're doing and the intensity without being conditioned to it Mm. so they're not conditioned to the amount of volume and we find that that when people think that more is better sometimes is end up pushing that a little bit too far and the volume that their body can actually handle is far you know is less than what they're actually thinking it is and then suddenly a small something that you would have ordinarily done easily sometimes can end up just triggering and it can be over the top and suddenly you've got an injury and that ends up becoming through increased volume fatigue while you're working out or while you're doing stuff, they end up that subconscious, you know, uh, contractions that happen suddenly are out of pattern. You've lost the pattern because muscles are fatigued, smaller muscles are taking over from different things and stuff like that. So it ends up being big increase in, in volume is a main one that we see and people training under fatigue or coming in, they're really not recovered and ready to go and they're feeling a bit flat, but they think if they push it harder, they shouldn't be such a sissy and end up doing that. Yeah. They should end up pushing harder and it ends up making them feel worse. So it ends up being already under fatigued and you're not really recovered and ready for it. Mm-hmm. So that's probably one of the biggest ones we see is that people um, training or overtraining yeah. their volume when they're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And, and then the next one that we end up seeing is people not having those correct techniques or muscle patterning or engagements in those movements, probably a bit novicey or not really taken it back to the start or haven't learnt properly and they've sort of built up bad technique over time and then increased loading on it, increased external loading on it, is that they've ended up doing that and then somehow that technique's gotten worse or got um, noticeably worse and then it, it causes imbalances and causes things to happen um, so that people are then compensating. And do you think that all comes back to a root cause of why people think that they train and if the only reason, like the motivation behind training and the reason for coming to the gym, like if your only reason that you have to come to the gym is to get better fitness and better strength, if they're the, to look better and to get stronger and to get fitter, do you think that's when it happens is when people feel the need to then do so much more and then they can't step it back and work on those technique patterns because that, they don't consider that as making them necessarily fitter or stronger? Yeah, and, and sometimes uh, 
it's that they haven't taken that time at the beginning. Yeah. It's perfectly fine to build up that intensity and that volume. That's that's what we're looking for is we're looking for that compensation or that super compensation through our body is when we, we put it under stressor, we then recover and then be able to train or do the load a little bit more or time a little bit faster or do stuff like that. But people necessarily haven't actually taken that time to get those techniques correct at the beginning. Yeah. They feel that if they do more, even if the technique is incorrect, they do more, that's better for them. Mm. In some cases, it's not. And they've not done that um, that base work or that um, bottom of the pyramid as we go up. Mm. Is to, They haven't done that properly at the beginning. So therefore, then as they start doing extra and they feel they do extra, that's, um, that's where we end up finding that. And because also the, the people necessarily we're, we're looking for fitness to be able to activate or do activities outside of the gym. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we're able to do those things like playing with our family, you know, playing with a family, getting out, deciding that if your friends said that they wanted to go on a 30K or 40K bike ride, you know that that's that's perfectly fine. You could easily do it. There's a 10K fun run coming up in two that weeks and not have to do, you know, you know that you're not going to die uh, doing it so that the reason you're doing this stuff is to keep that general preparedness so that anything outside of the gym is good and I mean if you're injured and you injure yourself inside the gym then you can't do any of that stuff outside no but the gym is also a place where you should be able to work through and overcome those injuries obviously with the help of your allied health practitioners as well and also your trainers in the gym being your able to know and, and that's when that's when when you've got something that's happened and when it has been going on for a while and you've looked for external help is to communicate that with your trainers and communicate mm-hmm. that with people and the thing inside the gym to say hey listen i've just got a bit of a niggle with this uh is there anything that you know of a majority of the gym like if there are any good trainers or or, or, or um, good gyms to do it will either have something that they can work around for you or something that they could do to modify so that potentially you're not taking that joint to that range or it's giving it a chance to rest a bit um, and stuff like that. So you're getting a bit of a chance to that. So if they're, if they're yeah. a good trainer or a good something, they should be able to, to help you get around base. it. Yeah, yeah, to either help you work on it or with it. Yeah, and, and to one. make sure that you can build it back up again. Mm, because so that of, you're not recurring constantly. You're not just getting better and then it's happening again for you. You should be able to find out the reason why it happened in the first place. Now, how do you prevent that from reoccurring again? And sometimes it's going to various people. Yes. So if we look at who we need to end up going to, we find that our major base is um, physios, chiros, massage therapists, therapists, osteopaths, osteopaths, uh, with those to be able to work through. And then also too, that needs to be in a a group setting where you've got that communicated with all of them, Mm -hmm. uh, what you're doing, if you've done dry needling, if you've done, you know, you're just doing sort of general uh, fascia release with your massage therapist, you end up doing cupping, you've done all those sort of things and and Mm -hmm. sports stuff with that. It needs to be communicated with everyone. So everyone's on the same page it's no good you're not helping yourself by holding back information from each one of them if you're holding back information then things that are happening when you're doing it that they can't a lot of stuff can be intertwined there's so many things because the whole body is so interconnected that things are compensating other things are happening if you're finding that you're getting pain in your your left hip potentially like you had said it's your right knee Mm -hmm. maybe something you're shifting away from so maybe you need to get someone to look at how your movement patterning is Mm -hmm. um, to do that really beneficial to communicate that as well even if you ask, like we said, if you have a good trainer or a good coach or a good gym, you should be able to ask whoever 
you have there to be able to watch your movement and watch for any compensating compensation patterns because while you're moving you don't want to be watching that but you want someone else watching it for you to see if there's anything going on that they can see because it might it's not necessarily where is sore that is the problem no. whereas you think if you can, can be upstream or downstream from absolutely it, you know there's so many people Opposite end up with your body that's exactly right and so many people end up with knee issues when mm-hmm. it's only just a extension and flexing and a small bit of a locking joint mm-hmm. uh, you've got to think about your hips because they're actually ball and socket and your knee yeah. uh, sorry and your ankles they actually do a lot more range and if they're not stable then your poor old knee in the middle just ends up having to follow along and go with the flow. So uh, there's a lot of stuff with that. And now you can just end up videoing it with your phone or get someone to video it or set it up. If you're at home, if you're at home and you're training at home, then then set up your camera, video it, have a look at it, you know, keep it on file. When you go in and you say, hey, I've got, you know, you've been battling with hip issues and here at the physio, oh, this is me doing some squat. Yeah, this is doing me some squats. Like see, see how I do this. Is there anything you can see with that i've done a front and a side and that's the biggest thing is make sure you've done it from a few angles mm-hmm. so from the side from the side from the back from the front video a few areas because yeah. you, you need to be able to see different angles there's so many things that could go on in these movements that if you video the few different angles then you go to your person that you're going to and show them exactly what's happening with your movement what you can see anything that anyone who's coaching you has seen and told you about then you tell them everyone else that you have seen everyone else that you're currently seeing and what the plan you're currently formulating to get over what you're going through because you because um, you're paying you're paying for this yes. so you're paying these people to try and help you and i mean yes. as much information as you can give them with what's happening what's going on when it happens loaded unloaded what goes on uh, videoing if you can go in there with all that they're already 10 steps ahead they're already they're 10 steps ahead to going three three visits to try and work out if it's working if it's not working uh, what do we need to modify what's doing that so make sure that you yeah taking a good chance to give yourself all the chance of information and and get that all together give them the best chance that they can to help you because at the end of the day your physio or chiro they can't feel what you're feeling no they can only look and they can only potentially feel a muscle or adjust something or see if anything's out of place but they can't feel what you're feeling. So they're requiring your feedback on how your movement is, how your feeling is and how your pain is. And remembering that pain's subjective. Yeah. Your one on a pain scale might be my five. Yeah. So then that's subjective. And that only comes from experiences. Your yeah. pain your pain threshold and your pain tolerances comes from life experiences as you go through your life. So mm-hmm. if you've never actually experienced high levels of pain, then obviously you're going to think as soon as someone does something, as soon as something happens bad, it's a 10. You know, where my I might have broken arms and done something else. So it ends up being it's definitely individual for uh, yeah. for everyone to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then that's just making sure that again you keep your trainers informed of who you're seeing and what you're working through. Um, if you get any exercises from. And how many people do you get exercises from, and then everyone does it for a while? It starts <laughs> to feel better, then they stop. Yes. Please don't stop your exercises when you start to feel better. If you start you need to feel to better, there's a reason them. why you're doing them. When we talk about training for a lifetime, if you look at the two weeks that you might continue to do your exercises and just lay low in your training a little bit and not build up that volume again, it seems like so long when you're there. But when you're talking about a lifetime, it's that much to not have that injury recur. It's so small. And be be honest with 
the people that you're working with who haven't done the exercise. It's no good going yes. to them and saying, they ask how your exercises are going. They say, yeah, great. No, everything's going sweet. And yeah. I've been doing them been every doing day. doing them every day or everything like that. And some of them need to be, you know, they've got to be serious about some of these exercises. Some of them need to be real world. Like a lot of the times we're ending up doing isolated exercises for things when we know the body doesn't work in isolation. Yes. Joints and things got to work with each other and we're looking for movement patterns and everything's got to work together. So it is again sometimes on searching for the right physio or um, health practitioner as far as chiros, going through your osteopaths and massage therapists, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff to understand that you know it's no good if my knee hurts when I squat which is a complex or compound movement, but my exercises that I've been given are purely only one dimensional just by my knee or by doing just knee. for that one thing. And it's not actually helping me with anything else. And then as soon as bam, I go back and start squatting again, it's the injuries happen. You know, something's flared up. It's because yeah. it's, it's working. I'm, that's not a, that's, it's a, bilateral exercise with two legs working we're trying to work everything together and here i am i've gone back and i'm just doing stuff purely yeah. just in that area and the best thing you can do is find someone who will give you a stepped process into it and a stepped process out of it so your exercises aren't going to be super intense going in to your rehab process. But they need to step up as you're going through. Yep, they're going to start very basic they're going to step up you might start with that little bit of isolation you're then going to look at that whole body you might start with isolation but on several parts of your body because it is a compound thing and it's a compound um injury you're looking at several different factors then when you step out of it you're looking at then going more to your body balance once you've done your isolation stuff so you might look at more unilateral work say so single arm single leg make sure stability, core stability stuff like that. even looking at your breathing how that's going if that's Very causing big. any compensation then you step out of that and you start working on all of those things. Once you've been working on all of those things for a bit longer, then you keep stepping out of that and you start building your training volume very, very slowly. You don't do your exercises for six weeks and then bam, you're back into your training volume. That's when we find your body just That's packs. Yeah, people too many, but they push it too hard too quick. Yeah. In some cases they've got to build back up and also working on uh, volume numbers as far as strength numbers or something coming back into the gym. Mm -hmm. They've always done three plates on the pull down before they went in and something happened to their elbow or their shoulder or their back and then as soon as they've come back from having six weeks of doing or four or five weeks of doing these exercises they're back into the same amount of plates and then wonder why bam they've hurt themselves again okay. it needs to build back up because it's taken that long you've been out of it lifting that or having that load yep. your body sees that that's not needed so it hasn't you know you haven't advanced you haven't stayed the same because that load's not been put on the muscles that external load so it's making sure that you're slowly building up that volume again building up that intensity again and understanding for that that's the process that you need to go through so try as much as you can to give yourself that solid amount of time to build back up and when we're talking over a lifetime again don't be disheartened that you may have gone backwards a little bit you have to move chance to work on technique improve your technique so that then you can come back stronger we yeah. always want to come back stronger otherwise yeah. what happens we build it too soon because you're scared that you're going backwards or something's going to go wrong or um, there's all of this fear around it because we understand that you have worked very hard to get where you were before yeah. and sometimes that's scary thinking that you're just going to lose that progress but you haven't lost your muscle patterning and your technique so as soon as you start and the building, muscle memory once you get the muscle memory oh. doing all that and gaining that muscle it comes back relatively 
quickly yeah. if you've done it and you've been doing it for a while to an intermediate athlete to an advanced, you know, as you sort of step through those stages. So don't be, yeah, don't be worried that you've gone back a little bit. Take it as an opportunity to potentially come back and look at some of those patternings or some different skill stuff or pick a different goal with some stuff, work on. Maybe it's potential to work on some core. Everything works from core to extremity. So we all know that if you're weak core, everything stacked around that, your diaphragm, everything in there, is maybe take that chance to go back and work on your breathing, like you'd said before, work on that core stability, work on making sure that those um, take an intra-abdominal uh, pressure, you can work on all that stuff so that you can then know that when you come back, you can generate that and then those weights should feel light. Yeah. Like if you, you were get able to, whatever you've injured, if you were able to work on either your core, your hips or your feet, there are three major centers with your body that everything else is based off of. So if you could work on one of those things when you're injured, generally you would come back as soon as you start to build back a little bit of strength, you're going to be stronger than you were before. Yeah, for sure. Um, probably the other thing we need to go through is when an injury is serious enough to have the potential to need surgery to repair, how you make that decision whether you have surgery or not and who you trust for your opinion on what you need. Get plenty of input from, get as many opinions as you can. It's your body. You're either paying for it. You're going to deal with it later on. Mm -hmm. Choices that you're making with what you do. Obviously, there's areas that when something has happened, there's not many other options and sort of pushes you down to the the very extreme of needing surgery. Things are doing that. Obviously, give yourself a chance to try on some things, uh, do as much research, go and see as many people as you can to see whether you can potentially get away from doing surgery at the end. Yes. It's by no means we not uh, against against surgery. It has There's its plenty. Place. It has its place. It's, it's in everything there. Yeah. It's stuff that needed. So so yeah, just make sure that you've taken the steps that that you're comfortable with. Mm. Don't automatically think that when you go into surgery after you come back, it's going to be the same. So give yourself the knowledge that you know that potentially it's not a quick fix bullet. No. Know that you're either going to have to work on it when you're coming back from it as well. Yeah. So if you've had to go down that road of doing it, you're going to have to take the time to work on your range of motion, your mobility, your stability, mm-hmm. stuff with shoulder joints. We know it's the most, you know, like it's the most common, most one, common one that happens. It's got the most movement that's going to happen, you know, ball and so it's, it's got the most area that it can go around. So if you've had shoulder stuff done, if you've had things like that happen to you, by all means, take the time because if you don't rehab it and do stuff, it's not going to be as soon as they're in there and quick, I'm going to come back and it's going to be all back to normal. You've been out, things have happened. It's massive trauma to the joint. It's it's big areas to muscles around the place. You need to work on that. We know how many people when they've done one shoulder and they've just kept doing the other, even not doing massive amounts, is that how much muscle mass they've lost out of one so the stability and the engagement and everything sort of around the stability of the joint is is gone away. So you, you need to take that little bit of time to work back up to it and do that. So don't think surgery as a bullet. You, you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to do the work on it. So it's got its comebacks as well. Yes, by all means, if it is and you've scanned and you've gone for MRIs and stuff like that, you, you need to then make the decision with your doctor or with the person that you're seeing for it as to what's my best outcome, what things do I have to avoid, what things am I looking for? Uh, is this range going to come back? What's my yeah? What's my time frame? Mm-hmm. And try and try to take it like you had said before, as those 
however many months they tell you and try not to, to push it back. You've got a lifetime. Like this is what we're talking about. We're talking about making sure that you can sustain this for a long time. Mm-hmm. That you're not going to try and fast track this and, and get it going as fast back. as yeah. possible. Because then what's going to happen is you're going to pay for that 5, 10, 20, 30 years down the track. For sure. And it seems like a long time away at the time until you get there. We all know how fast time goes, but we're all very impatient at the same time. So then it seems like... And you feel like you're missing out, out all the time. Yeah, it's this fear of missing out or getting worse or the regressing. FOMO. Yeah, hugely. But it's going to be far worse if you get so many years down the track and you need, the, need your surgery redone or you need something else more serious redone, which is what happens often. You'll get something repaired, then you need a full recon or replacement by the time there's you get There's only so many years. of those that they'll do in people's lifetimes as well. Oh, yeah, there's a limit. They normally they last push 20 them. years. Max. Yeah, that's right. They push They push people. So, yeah, just think about that as well. Don't. There'll be a lot of them that tell you that it's, it's only one and done. We can't, once we've done a knee replacement or a hip or something, that's it. We can't do it again it's purely done. because of the bones and everything around there and what they have to do in that joint mm-hmm. is once we do that replacement, they may be able to do tightens ups and re i'm not sure about that that's totally outside of my view, but they usually end up saying we try and push it as far as we can people's life expectancy is 70 to 80 years old so they're not going to try and do a, a knee replacement or a hip or something before you're 60 no they really unless there's a massive unless there's a big reason for it or a big calling or to. totally they, yeah they, they try and push it back so that you're not having to need it and and rehab it and see physio and try and get cortisone injections and doing all that sort of stuff we know that that's something that happens to get away from it before they have to do it like yeah, that's the definitely. only option and that's where your um multiple opinions comes in as well with what exactly you right because it's so much and and advancements in medical science and yeah. stuff now is, is by all means go and do your research yes. i know when i went and got my knees much as people think it was weird i youtubed what it looked like <laughs> and what people were doing and what they were <laughs> going to do in there purely because the fact is it's my body i wanted to know what was happening yeah what are they doing in there weird. when they dig it open yeah exactly right it looked weird for for doing it so it, it's something that it's your body your, your ownership do a bit of research on it. Talk to people. By all means, go and talk. And that's what I found was a big thing. Talk to people that either had that operation before or had that recon before. How long? What did they find? What what mm-hmm. things did they could they do when they came back? How long did it take to come back? And then once you decide, if you decide to get surgery, do your due diligence on your surgeon. True. Absolutely. Make sure you look into the surgeon, who it is. Talk to people who have gone there if you can, if you can find them. If you can find them. Um, Do all of your reviews, get as much information on everyone as you can because we do also know that not every surgeon is created equal. No, no, that's for sure. And also probably experiences that they've had with certain things. So maybe try and find a surgeon that's had, if yours is a particular special injury or something sort of gone on, is trying to find someone that's had good success with what's actually specifically happened to you previously yes so potentially they do athletes somewhere else potentially they're tied up with stuff so so try and do a bit of research on something and where you've seen good recovery uh, information from, from as well from yeah. from what they've done and how they do it and people are trying advancements in stuff all the time yeah there's new there's new stuff all the time yeah and a lot less invasive as you go as well there, well that's the thing and also the people trying to they're getting people up and moving a lot more quicker mm-hmm. so yes we know that that movement and by all means we know that movement is 
a good thing as soon as they'll get people up with hip replacements and knee replacements as far as as they can you know when it is physically possible they'll be getting them up and trying to get them moving because we know that moving that joint and getting things going again is, is way better to get fluid out of the area for all the uh, vital you know the blood and, and everything to get through and start circulating through it so it's something to know that we know that you're going to have to get up and get moving again and that's something but just being just being aware of what you can and can't do when your limitations are is coming back to the gym it is movement yes we want you to get back in and get you moving as soon as possible but by all means make sure you're communicating with all those people that are around your physio um, chiro doctors when they're telling you have your reviews have everything sort of sorted and make sure you get the recommendations from them let them know what you normally do for your training or for your exercise get the recommendations from them on what you're able to do the benchmarks make sure that you um, ask them because they won't always say but they always know if you ask them what your benchmarks are for where you need to be. At certain times, yeah. What yeah. Mo- what motion? How much range of motion am I supposed to have in my joint yeah. by three months, four months, six months? And yeah. your trainer or wherever you're going to the gym or whoever you're going back through will probably want a clearance from your doctor or from yes. that sort of medical pro- uh, professional to say that what you can do and when when you can get back into load bearing and doing stuff like that. So so yeah. So by all means, make sure that you're keeping communicated with your trainers or through the people at the gym or wherever you're training to make sure that you're not overdoing it because there's nothing worse than when you've had something happen and then you get regressed by over, by injuring it again exactly. in that rehab because mm-hmm. yeah you're back into a bad situation straight and up by informing your trainer of exactly where you should be at certain points and what you're able to do now and what clearance you have to do certain things you can then work with them to formulate an alternate goal for you so that you do you are still working to something and you are still improving in some capacity because remembering that the gym is also for our mental health it's for the social bit so we still want to be going and it's still a place where we should see achievement in some capacity so if they can help you form and it's routine it's yeah. routine. Like when you're in routine of doing it's that, we don't want to lose people out of that routine. We know that it sometimes people can be getting, when you're getting very, it adds on to mental stuff as well that we mm. talk about is is that depression type style of when people are missing out on that stuff and they've got to stay home and they're out of their routine. You can get very frustrated with not being able to train. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we see as well as with the, um, with the mental side of coming to the gym and doing that and interacting with your friends. Yeah, it's really, really important. So if you can keep that social side of it and you can have something else that you're going to work towards and that you're on the path path stepping towards, it makes however long you're potentially out with your injury a lot easier if you have something else that you know you're improving. And generally what you'll improve is something that you've been putting off for a long period of time because either you don't have time or you don't have the extra little bit to work on it or it's not something that you necessarily love to do yeah, and working you, on your weaknesses yeah you can it's a chance for you to work on those weaknesses as well which is then going to in turn stop as many imbalances in that section of your body so that when you come back because we can always say that we don't have enough time to do it but it's actually prioritizing yes what you want to do or what you're wanting to get out of it so mm-hmm. making sure that you're obviously your priorities are shifting which we've talked about as well as your priorities now changing with what you're doing and that's mm-hmm. just making you time aware of what you're into yeah absolutely very good all right so there's a few things for you to have a think about whether you were 
currently um, sporting an injury, niggle, some kind of discomfort somewhere or whether you're perfectly fine. And this is just good to um, inform you in know case the pathway. Anything, know the pathway in case you do experience anything or it happens. So a couple of things there is just knowing the difference between a niggle, general discomfort versus an injury. Um, how long we leave a niggle, so those three weeks um, maximum with no improvement and then definitely getting it seen about. Um, and communicating with all your people in your, mm-hmm. your group or whatever you're doing. Communicate your, um, with your circle. Yeah. Um, the leading cause of our injuries being too much volume, too quickly, um, poor, poor technique, technique and poor muscle poor engagement. Poor engagement, yeah, poor patterning mm-hmm. with stuff as well. Poor patterning, so working on improving that. Um, and then getting as many opinions as you can when you do have something going on with your body. But at the end of the day, knowing that you're getting all of these opinions, but you can choose what you do with your body. So make sure you get a broad range of people from all different fields, giving their opinions, people that you trust, so that then you can also, make informed decisions. Because also, the other thing we should say is it's not about going to as many physios or doctors as you can go to until you get the answer you want. No. <laughs> it's not about going to mum and asking for something and then she's saying no and you're going to dad until he says yes. This is more about getting a good broad spectrum with an open mind of the options that you have. Yes. It's not knowing that what you want to do is train this area and go and do a big comp or a meet or a, a carnival in or something weeks. or other in eight weeks and looking for a physio that's going to end up caving because you've annoyed them enough that they end up caving and they know that you're paying and you're just like, well, just give me the clearance. I want to go. Yep. Fine. Do it. And I'll be back here for rehab after that. Please make sure Ball. you're smart with your body. Like we've talked about so much this, this one, one yeah. is this is a lifetime thing. Yeah. You're looking at your body for an entire lifetime. You want to keep you moving for as long as you can, because at the end of yeah. that, at the end of the day as well, when you get older, getting up from the ground if you're old is big thing. It's being cool. able to get up under under your Second own nature. body weight, yeah, under your own body weight, being able to get up off the floor if you fell down, yeah. you need to get up. How many times have we heard of people elderly falling down, breaking hips? Yeah. can't get up stuck on the floor it's really sad like it's by all means it's the worst thing i could think of is some poor someone's poor grandma or mother or parent or something or yeah. anyone i know is being stuck where they've fallen down broken a hip they can't get up or they're unstable and yes. stuff like that because of stability with joints and muscle engagement and stuff like that we we want to keep this going this is mm-hmm. as we get older yes it gets harder to either um uh, generate muscle mass and doing stuff like that yes but but you can still do it you can still still do it it's you're still able to do it and the old saying of if you don't use it you lose it is so true true. so don't don't give up on it make sure that you're able to it's little progress we've said it before one percent better every day by the end of the year you're a whole different person exactly 365 days yes around 360 yeah (laughs) See what I did there. Nice time. That was clever. <laughs> but yeah, but it's it's that's what it is. It's the small one percent. It's the small yeah. little things. It's it's you're not going to see as you go through it. It's not going to see. But anyway, total off topic there. <laughs> Sometimes. Somehow. But yeah, as you go through, if you need to keep using it, and this is why we don't want to get into having a year or two off of any movement. Remember that as people, we are designed to move. Yes. Our purpose is to move and to do things and to be active in some capacity possible, whether that is um, organized activity or whether that is just activity purely from you having to do things in your general day-to-day. It is very important that we just move. 
So please don't ever think that you have to take, unless you have been told, bed rest. Please don't do it unless you've been told. But if you have been told, please do it. Yeah, that's yeah. Being smart about what you're doing with what you've been informed with, that's obviously a thing because at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to affect. Exactly. Mainly. Well, guys, so there's a lot of stuff in this one that we've hit on. It's injuries. Uh, by all means, if you find, like Katie said, that you are on that niggle or that discomfort area, some stuff there to think about and where you need to on your markers to try and get some help from externally. Uh, if you know someone that has it or, or you're dealing with it, give it a like, give it a share, share it with those people, make sure that you're helping everyone else. We by all means want to get as far as we can and helping as many people as we can. So we'll um, catch you in the next one, Katie. Chat to you again next week. Thank you, viewers, for tuning in to another episode of 360 View. You can follow us on Instagram at 360view.co to stay up to date with everything we're doing and tag us in your podcast listening. If you found value in today's episode, leave us a like, a review, and a five-star rating. If you know someone who could benefit from listening to this episode, give it a share. And if you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram and we'll answer them on the show. Thanks again, viewers, and we'll chat to you in the next one.